0: And uh, I just wanted to share with you what my friend, I've shared this with the prayer group this morning, but I wanted to share with you what my friend from Miami told me. Um, She said that, you know, Brother Copeland had a big believers convention in Miami this past weekend, and and so her and her husband went to that, and uh, she said that that Brother Copeland said um, that, well, he was talking about overflow. And overflow is, uh, can be good or bad, depending on, if you've got, if your cup's full of bad stuff, overflow is going to be judgment. If your cup's full of good stuff, overflow is going to be judgment, but it's going to be a good stuff flowing out, amen? I mean, everybody understand that? Judgment overflows the same thing, and Brother Hagen told us 2005 be a year of judgment. Just because we hadn't seen it yet, and we're in February, don't. <laughs> don't forget. Don't don't get off track on that. And so uh, it, the brother Copeland said that that he said before the end of 2005. And this is kind of uh, startling, but it, it I tell you what it made me examine myself, and I think we should all examine ourselves in this room. But he said before the end of 2005, those in the body of Christ not walking in love, their lives would be in shambles. And brother Hay, uh, brother Copeland said that God led him to teach on love before 9-1-1 and the body of Christ wouldn't receive it. They wouldn't let him preach on it. You know, the body of Christ cannot, can, can move stuff... Ugh. I know they have, they have kept things from happening before. And so I just wanted to share that with you. I, thought y'all, I know y'all are thinking that's not good news, <laughs> but uh, it is really. I mean, it's good for God to warn us so we can clean anything out of our lives. And so that's just exactly what I did. And I had heard Lynn Hammond say uh, that we need to even judge ourselves where dislike is concerned. And that kind of got to me. Because, you know, we can have the attitude, well, I love them in the Lord, but I really don't like them. Anybody ever have that attitude but me? <laughs> well, we need to clean that out. Amen. Well. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, because I don't know about you, but I don't want anything overflowing in my life that isn't good in 2005. And I, so, so I've been, we need to judge ourselves and we need to walk tighter where love is concerned. And you say, well, what does that mean to walk in love? Well, it means to forgive. It means to do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Uh, it, may be, it means to not treat anybody in any way that you wouldn't want to be treated. Hallelujah. It means to overlook things that people do. Hallelujah. Which is a hard, easier for some of us to do than others. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, I'm always having to overlook things when we're out shopping and in restaurants. It's like that's just a, you know, you need to just stay home and it's easier to walk in love. (laughs) Well, then you got your husband and wife, you know, and that means treating your family good. Hallelujah. And guarding your mouth and where your family's concerned. You know, not just letting it all hang out. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. And so good things are going on in the body of Christ. Amen. God's getting us all ready. And, he, and you know, if we're walking where he wants us to walk, he'll be able to protect us no matter what comes up in this world. Amen. Hallelujah. And the truth is, and it really truly is true, and I just just got really stirred up about it in the prayer room tonight. In 1 John it says, uh, "Ye have an unction from the Holy One and ye know all things. And you know, we really do know all things, but sometimes we have our head has not been trained, our senses have not been trained to respond to what our spirit is telling us. And our spirit's telling us something, and we're rejecting it with our head, and it will get us in trouble. And be sure you don't do that uh, when you know the spirit's telling you something, and you don't like what the spirit's telling you. You know, we need to be sure we don't do that, because then when we need to hear him, because we're in a tower in New York, and it's about to be hit by an airplane... Uh, we will have, our senses won't have been trained to hear what the spirit of, the unction that's right down here, the unction that's inside of us. And I was just, just, I was just quickened all over again that those people in that, in that tower, in the Twin Towers, they really did know. The, the Christians knew. They had an unction from the Holy One, and they know all things. For them not to have known would have been God would have to be a liar. They did know. Now, the truth is, a lot of them senses were not trained to respond to what they knew on the inside. But they did know. Yes. Hallelujah. And so that's, uh, we, we've got to, this is a year to walk in Psalm 91, to walk in his protection, and to walk, uh, uh, and, and to obey him. Amen? And so that's all extra tonight. We're not even going to talk about that. But I just felt, I I like to know what's going on in the body of Christ. They said that those meetings in Miami were the uh, best, uh, Lynn Mink said, and Lynn Mink goes to all of Brother Copeland's meetings, said the best meetings, the strongest anointing he'd ever been in in all the time he had been going to. uh, God's really, really, really moving. And Brother Copeland was sharing on his broadcast week before last about a church in Nigeria when he had Keith Butler on, I don't know if any of y'all saw that, but right before last he had Keith Butler on, and he was talking about a church in Nigeria had 50,000 people, and Brother Copeland was talking to the pastor and saying, you know, because 50,000 people, the logistics of it all, and he just said, you know, do y'all, do y'all lay hands on the sick? And he said, the pastor said, well, you know, we used to, but the power of God has gotten so strong in our church that now people just walk in the back door and they get healed. Because the power of God is such in such great manifestation. And Brother Copeland was talking about how, um, you know, I'm just catching you all up to date. I know all of you don't get to see every program and everything. Um, anyway, he's talking about how the power of God gets so strong in a place and that, everybody, that everybody's just permeated the presence of God. And... Uh, and uh, that it, that that that's how it was in the book of Acts, that the power of God was so strong in the, their meetings that they were having, and everybody was just permeated with it, that it was actually going out into the streets with them, the power of God on them, and when you get the presence of God in manifestation to that degree, and then somebody like Ananias and Sapphira come in and lie in those meetings, well... You know, because such light was there, such such glory was there, such presence was there that they that when, when you sin in that kind of atmosphere, it's over. And the reason we haven't seen that people falling dead because I've seen a lot of people lie to the pastor, and I mean a lot of people have lied to me <laughs> since we've been pastor, and I'm like wondering why they didn't fall over dead, you know, <laughs> but the reason is, is because we weren't in that kind of a presence, that kind of an atmosphere, amen? But those kind of atmospheres are coming back, Uh, hallelujah. But we need, you know, there's some things we need to do. First of all, be walking in love. We need to be walking in love. We need to be walking in unity. And there's things that we need to pray. We need to believe God. I mean, people get healed when they walk in the back door. We need to be believing God that. For that, y'all need to be praying with us for those kind of manifestations, amen. Hallelujah. And we'll see it. It'll happen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And things are about to happen that are going to shake up the earth. They're going to shake up the sinner and the lost and the backslid Christian. And you just see that you're not shaken. Amen. See that you're ready. Amen. And we're all getting ready, aren't we? I want to talk tonight about faith. The Lord gave me a sermon a couple of weeks ago on faith. Just dropped it down in my heart one morning, and I like it when it comes that way. Praise God. It don't always come like that, but this one, it just dropped down. I was just writing notes, just taking notes from the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so we're going to talk about faith tonight. And you know, I tell you what, there'll never be a time, as long as this earth exists, as long as as long until Jesus comes back, there'll never be a time when you don't have need to walk by faith. And you're gonna have to walk in these last days by faith more than you ever have. And you're gonna have to walk in faith and like Pastor was preaching this morning, just uh, where you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. (laughs) Hallelujah. Where you're not fluctuating in your faith and oh, Up and down and all that. And so we need to get some things started in faith. A lot of people, uh, you know, you can go on the internet or you can listen to the radio or the TV. And there's a lot of people trashing the faith message. But you know what? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God. So one thing we for sure don't need to do is to trash the faith message. We ought to always be learning about faith because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith, I'm going to teach you tonight, is more than just, um, uh, some people say, yeah, well, we got faith, we got faith, but faith is more than just saying the word of God is true. And so we'll talk about that a little bit more tonight. In fact, i want to give you, first of all, I'm going to give you three essential parts to faith. And then I'm going to give you 30. And I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not going to get through all of these tonight. But we got till Jesus comes back. Amen. When he comes back, we won't need him anymore. Or you can go to heaven. You know, we're not going to quit getting our mind renewed when we get to heaven. Everything we didn't learn down here, you know, you might as well get going. Because uh, everything you don't know down here, when you get there, you're going to get in school. And you're gonna get the, you're gonna have to learn, and uh, you're gonna have to learn the things of the word. And we're all gonna have plenty to learn. But I'd hate to have to start in pre-K or pre-K three. What do they call it? You know, I, is that whatever they call it, where three year olds go to school? I'd hate to start there, wouldn't you? I'd especially hate to start there. but, oh, I have been saved thirty years, and they put me in in, in pre threes or three ks or whatever it's called. I just that'd be pitiful wouldn't it wouldn't that be horrible wouldn't you at least like to be in junior high when you get to when you go when we take up uh, go up to the rapture hallelujah and uh, you know I'm sure there's gonna be I know Martin Luther and, and Paul and they're gonna be teaching us we're gonna be setting their presence and they're gonna be teaching us these things that we didn't learn and these things are, and maybe things we were trying to learn but didn't quite have the complete light and understanding on amen And so that's what we're going to be doing in heaven. We're not just going to be floating on a cloud uh, in our birthday suit and uh, playing a little harp. No, we're going to be very busy. We're going to have assignments, and our assignments are going to be based on what we did in the earth. And so we're going to be busy in heaven, and we're going to have a busy seven years because we've got to, everybody that's born again that goes to heaven has got to learn to rule and reign you got seven years to learn to rule and reign Because we're going to come back And we're going to rule and reign Amen? Amen And I'm coming back to Tuscaloosa County Me and Pastor Our God gave me scripture and verse Y'all can contest it if you want to But I got scripture and verse That I'm coming back to Tuscaloosa County Going to rule and reign Hallelujah Thank you Jesus Hallelujah <laughs> Thank you Lord And you're going to rule and reign over something I don't know what it is You might. You can ask him and find out Glory to God Thank you, Jesus, and I've picked out some houses that I thought would be good millennial rain houses here in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> hallelujah! Hallelujah! Uh, over in that other part of town. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus, and uh, the wealth of the wicked stored up for the righteous. Hallelujah! And we're going to send them to some other, you know, Hallelujah! Some little apartment somewhere. <laughs> hallelujah! Y'all agree with me on that? Amen. You can be my neighbor. Hallelujah. Get in agreement. So three asen- oh, Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. Right. Glory to God. We'll look at the word. Thank you, Jesus. Now we all have to be always growing in our faith, always renewing our mind, as pastor's talking about this morning. I can't find 1 Thessalonians. There it, here it comes. And um 1 Thessalonians 3 10. We all have to be always growing, always renewing our mind. You know you're never going to arrive. You're always going to be perfecting and, and learning more and getting more accurate. And you know, until we're getting manifestations as quick as Jesus did, how many of you agree that we could do some growing where faith is concerned? Hallelujah. Until we're getting everybody we prayed for healed instantly, hallelujah, then we could be doing, until we're getting manifestations instantly and in our own lives, until we're uh, walking in divine health, divine life, then we can do some, uh, and we're. I can guarantee, I don't know about you, but I'm growing. I'm growing in these things. I'm not perfected, but I am doing better than I used to do. I know Thursday morning, me and Rita was fixing to pray. We pray on Thursday mornings, and and I just left my office feeling fine. And just walking from turning the heater on over to the table to pray, that quick sore throat hit me. I I, I never saw anything hit me so fast. I mean, it was just like all of a sudden I felt a drainage, and I felt uh, my my throat sore. And and so uh, I have learned to resist the devil quick, and I don't always do it. But I knew when I went to that ladies' meeting that day and that leg popped, and I couldn't, I should have had a wall-eyed fit and threw a fit at the devil. And said, no, but you know, you got all these ladies and, you know, you didn't want to call attention to yourself. You don't want to act like an idiot. But I I read a book after I was, when I was believing for healing, I've been really pouring on things about healing, reading Norval Hayes' book, Handbook of Healing. And he talked about being on the courthouse steps and just getting mad and throwing a fit at the devil and everybody turning to look at him because something, something hurt, something popped, something did something. And I thought, you know, especially around Christians, we shouldn't be embarrassed about resisting the devil. So if I tell you what, if the devil attacks you in here, just have you a Holy Ghost fit and we will understand. But anyway, so Rita, I thought, why? Well, and I know Rita thought, I wonder what we're doing cuz this isn't how we normally pray, but we started praising God and I started resisting the devil, and then after we got through praising and resisting the devil, we started I started just going through my Bible, reading healing scriptures. Now, that's not usually how we pray, but I tell you what, that thing didn't get a hold on me. And usually it would take 3 days to conquer it with my faith. You know, but that thing didn't get a hold on me, and I didn't even I never even took a sinus tech capsule or nothing. It did, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was getting on it quick was the answer. Amen. And so we need to get on things quick. So we're getting more perfected in our faith. First Thessalonians 3.10. I can tell we're not going to go far tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Night and day, and this is Paul talking, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith now you know sometimes we just i tell you people aren't as teachable as they ought to be and they just aren't looking to see, to find and saying lord perfect that which is lacking in my faith we're sitting around waiting on god to heal us sometime for 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 months and 10 years at a time and not even pursuing that we might and, and oh I'm believing well why you are not you know there's something lacking in your faith Brother Hagen taught us, he said, listen, if you're believing God and you don't get it quick, pretty quick, you better find the best doctor you can find. Because you aren't in faith, you're not believing God, it's the point. And that doesn't mean we give up, we keep persevering, but you know, and sometimes I'm telling you, it took me uh, three or four years to get healed when we first moved to Alabama. And uh, you know, I just didn't have the foundation I needed it, needed didn't know how to resist the devil. Didn't know, I, I had some things lacking in my faith. But I kept on pursuing. I kept on being diligent. And God began to add things to my faith. He began to show me truths. It took some digging. But it's all, the information is available. It's in the earth. There's books out there. There's tapes out there. And it just depends. How bad do you want to be well? Do you want to live and not die? Or do you want to live but live an inferior quality of life? Because you sometimes you've got to go after that which is lacking in your faith. And you've just got to go after it. You you've got to come to the point where you know God's not withholding from you. And you've got to go after that which is lacking in your faith. And you've got to hunt it and hunt it and read the Bible and go over the scriptures until they're built inside of you. Not just a little head knowledge of them, but until they're built inside of you. And I'll tell you also that even after you get healed, you need to, you've got to keep that up and maintain it in order to stay healthy. And when you let up on it, the devil will get in. Is that not correct? So first of all, faith does believe. Hebrews eleven six. 6, if you'll turn there. You know, the first, I told you I was going to give you three parts to faith. And, you know, obviously faith does believe. You know, in other words, what I'm saying is you're not going to get healed if you don't believe in healing. You're not going to prosper if you don't believe in, well, I don't believe that prosperity stuff. Well, don't worry, you won't have any. You know? If you don't believe this stuff, if you don't believe in salvation, you're not going to get saved. Hallelujah. And so the first part is obviously believing, but that's not the only part. And you know that's what most Christians are just, that's the only part they got is that one little part. Well, yeah, I believe. I believe God's the healer. I believe Jesus is the healer. I believe Jesus still heals. I believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And they believe those things. They believe that by his stripes, that he bore the stripes for their healing, they can't figure out why they're not healed. I know these things because I've been there. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11:6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to god must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, one part of faith is just acknowledging that the word of god is true. But you know it can you know just acknowledging that the word of god is true can be nothing more than mental assent. Just assenting mentally that the word of God is true will not get anything for you. Just saying, yeah, the word's true. I know the word's true. Well, what scripture are you standing on for your healing? Well, you know just kind of the whole Bible. Well, what are you what scripture are you using to believe that you'll uh, have a this or have a have of that? Well, you know, just kind of oh, and this is one that gripes me when people say uh, God gives you the desires of your heart. That is not just a dump all scripture where you can dump everything in. If that's all you got, I'm going to tell you something, you don't got it. And you can't have anything that's not promised you in the word. If it's not promised in the word, you cannot have it unless God speaks to you and tells you he's going to give it to you. Now, there's a lot of stuff promised. There's, uh, employment is promised, not in, oh, thou shalt be employed, but it says if you don't work, you don't eat. So that pretty much promises God going to give you a job. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, uh, there's, uh, we're promised, that, uh, we're promised uh, children that will not be barren in the fruit of our womb. But I'll tell you, you do not have scripture and verse to say, well, I'm believing for a boy. And I don't want nothing else if it's not a boy. You don't have scripture and verse for that. And God told me that He reserved the right to choose. Now, there's some things you can do. There's some things you can do physically. I won't go into that, thank God. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's some things you can do physically. There's some things. I said, well, I told Pastor, no, I'm not going to say that. I don't. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But there's some things you. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to say, now, Lord, you know, if you. If, you do, if it's your will I wouldn't mind having a boy I'd like to have a boy But you have to say not my will But your will be done Because you're not promised And God sees the future And he knows what you need I know Michael's grandmother told me And she wasn't even So much she was a good Christian But she wasn't a, a really good woman But she didn't have any revelation In the word concerning this But she said she wanted a girl so bad She had had two boys And her third one, she wanted a girl. And she said, but, you know, she got a boy. And she said, I was a little disappointed. But, you know, when that boy was 18, her husband died. And all the other two boys were gone from home. One of them was off in the service, Michael's dad and everything. And she said, you know, I knew God was real wise because, you know, she said, Alton helped support me. Alton helped me. And if I'd had a girl, I wouldn't have had the help I needed. And she, she knew God had chosen wisely. And the Lord told me I reserve the right to choose. And so people get so messed up in their faith trying to put things on God and believe for certain things just with God gives me the desires of my heart. You can't throw that scripture on everything. Well, I want a red Cadillac and God gives me the desires of my heart. Hallelujah. That's not, that's not how it works. Hallelujah. Now there is a scripture that says you'll ride prosperously. Hallelujah. So you have scripture and verses for riding prosperously. But it might not be read, Kevin. It might go ahead and ask. Doesn't hurt to ask God, but it does hurt to put it so in concrete that you're not gonna take you won't accept nothing else but that, and you've got God locked down where He can't function. He can't He can't move. He can't move on people. You know? Hallelujah. The Lord explained it to me this way. He said, Debbie, if you don't have not one dress in your closet and you need a dress, don't ask me for a black and white polka dotted one. Just ask me for a dress and I can get it to you a lot faster. That's good. And he said, when you put all those conditions on it, I have to search the world over for black and white polka dotted dress in your size. Hallelujah. 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 He said, Now, if you've got a closet full of dresses and you've got time to wait, go ahead and ask me for a black and white polka dotted one. And I'll find it for you. I'll cause it to happen. I'll cause it to be done. But you know, he may have to work with manufacturers. He may have to work with people that make fabric. He may have to work with designers to get somebody to like that fabric and put it to a dress and cause it to come to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Hallelujah. And cause it not to be $300 cause it to be in my price range, you know, hallelujah, what I have faith for, hallelujah, some of you, he has to cause it to be bought by somebody at North River and turned into the consignment store, <laughs> hallelujah, but, I mean, he has to, you know, hallelujah, I'm just, raise your vision, nothing wrong with that, but you don't have faith to just go in the store and buy it if you saw it, so you got to have to build your faith in that area, Amen. Hallelujah. If you got consignment for store faith, start believing for JC Penny faith or something. And then go from there to I don't know what's next. Hallelujah. Just go up the tree till you're finally at Lily Rubens. Hallelujah. Have to drive to Birmingham. Can't even shop in Tuscaloosa in these low life things. Hallelujah. Huh? Can't go to D Mart, which is what is another word for Dillards. <laughs> Hallelujah. One time we walked in a store and it was a real nice store in Lubbock, and my husband had on a real nice Tommy Hilfiger shirt, and that man said, man, that shirt is pretty coarse. They handled Tommy Hilfiger. And he said, um, that is a really pretty shirt. Where'd you get that? And he said, Dillard's. And he said, oh, D-Mart, and you know. <laughs> in other words, we're better than that. Hallelujah. But anyway, we, we kind of think Dillard's is pretty good still, <laughs> we're, but we're increasing our faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So faith believes. Faith all has to acknowledge that the word is true, but this alone is not enough. Uh, Matthew 9, 28, Jesus said to the blind man, he said, do you believe that I am able to do this? See, believe is one of the necessary ingredients. If you don't even believe that God is able to do it, or if you believe healing's passed away, or if you believe God heals sometimes and he don't other times, see, you're gonna, your faith is all messed up. No wonder we're not getting anything if we believe, well, you know, some, and then you, sometimes it even tries to sneak in on us where we'll, well, like, you know, maybe God has a little purpose in this. Or maybe because I was disobedient. Well, you may have opened the door by being disobedient, but I guarantee you, God's not withholding healing from you because you were disobedient. You may have opened the door to the devil. It'll open the door to the devil if you're disobedient. Mark Mark nine twenty-three. Brother Hagen always said he never got sick unless he had been disobedient to God, didn't obey God. Mark nine twenty-three. Uh, Jesus said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. Thou, uh, uh, if thou canst believe. I want to know, want you to notice there. Oh, I, now I know what I wrote that word for. Notice in that scripture, if you want to turn there, you can. It's uh, Mark nine twenty three. Maybe we ought to just look at it and put our eyes on it. That's another thing Brother Hagin taught us. He said uh, in healing school all those years, He would notice that the people that came, they didn't bring their Bibles, they didn't turn to the Scriptures, that they never got healed. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? And he noticed that the people that looked at the Word were diligent to look at the Word. So we ought to be diligent, shouldn't we? Mark 9, 23. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Did you notice it said, if you can believe, if thou canst believe. See, a lot of people want everybody else to do their believing for them. And, you know, that's not what it says. And sometimes we can believe for people, and we certainly can put our agreement with people. When they're in faith, it, that is a powerful way to, to get something done. Hallelujah. Pastor and I agree on things all the time. We're both in faith, and you need to find somebody that's in faith but, with you. But, you know, it's, it's really not up to me to get it for you. It's what can you believe Hallelujah. And I might, when you're just a little baby Christian, be able to override your unbelief and get something for you. Or, you know, you can, you can get things for your little child when maybe they're not, maybe they are believing, maybe they're not. And certainly when people are in comas and, and stuff, we can use our faith and get things for them when they're not, uh, uh, well, they're not necessarily believing. They're not in a place where they even can believe because they're in a coma or something. But it's, it's up to you to believe. And a lot of times we're trying to get other people to do our believing and we really haven't believed yet. We hadn't taken the time. We hadn't found the scripture. You say, what scripture are you standing on? They don't know. They, they, they don't have a clue. They hadn't even opened their Bibles. They're not really believing. And a lot of times people are wanting the preacher to pray for them and they don't even really believe that God's going to do something through the preacher. And you know, as preachers, sometimes we have to go through that form anyway. You know, just to keep from hurting people, just to keep from being rude, we will pray for them when we know they're not believing. And we basically already know they're not going to get anything. And we know they're not believing because we can tell by the way they're acting that they don't believe the power of God just came through their door of their house. I mean, they're in the house, and you go to pray for them, they don't even turn the TV off. They're not believing God came with anything, folks. If you leave the TV on when the preacher comes, you're believing nothing. And besides all that, I can tell you, we don't put up with it too good. We'll just be our, make ourselves kind of scarce. Um, so, um... Trying to get others to believe when you're really not believing anything. But, you know, there's people that really are believing, and they still don't get their answer. And the reason is, is because that's not all there is to it. So let's look at number two tonight. And I'll tell you this, faith has great hope. Another part to faith is hope. Faith has great hope. There's a lot of scriptures on hope. Turn to 1 Thessalonians 5.8. Faith has great hope. You can't just be in hope and it worked for you, but you have to have hope for faith to work. Does that make sense? 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, he says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope the hope of salvation. Uh, we got to have a helmet on that is hope. In other words, we got to be filled with great hope. Hebrews three verse six. Let's look at these scriptures. You know, there's healing in the word of God. That's why we should always look at the scripture. There is healing in the word. But as but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope. Firm unto the end. So we're going to hold fast our hope. Turn to Hebrews 6 verse 11. It says, uh, And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. And verse 18, That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. In verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Now, hope is what will anchor your soul. Your soul being your mind, will, and emotions. We've been studying that. So, hope will anchor your soul. In other words, keep your soul steady because you have hope. You're full of hope. uh, And and, and, uh, it says... Uh, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which in, in, entereth into that within the veil and verse chapter seven verse 19 says, uh, "For the law made nothing perfect but the bringing in of a better hope did. And then uh, going on, I'll give you another couple of scriptures we won't turn to, but first Peter 1 three and first 1 Peter 1, 13. But hope is a positive attitude, but it's more, Bible hope is more than just a positive attitude. Bible hope is a positive attitude based on the Word of God. Amen. Amen. It's having an optimistic outlook for the future. It's having hope, dreams about the future. When you don't have a dream for the future, you're not going to get healed. I know that's one reason that... um, uh, people that have been sick before, I know Dodie Osteen had six weeks to live, dying of cancer, and one of the things she did is she got a picture of herself out when she was still strong and healthy and could ride a horse, she said, and she put that picture up to give her a dream, because it was it's hard to dream sometimes when your body's hurting, to give her a dream, to give her a dream, because she had to have a hope in order for her faith to work. And so that's why we, you know, you sometimes people say, well, I don't know why we do this stuff like, you know, we take get pictures of houses when we hang them on our refrigerator and we get pictures of cars and we put them on our, you know, well why to give us a hope to give our faith something to look at, to give us a dream, to show us the dream, amen hallelujah, hallelujah hallelujah, and um, so um, it's a dream it's optimistic Psalm 42 verse 11 you know uh, if I come to you in the hospital room And you are really, really sick. And I take, and I get the word of God out. And I start sharing the scriptures with you. I don't, maybe I don't say a lot, but I just start turning to the scriptures. And I just start turning to the scriptures. I want to tell you something. If you don't get happy and you don't get excited, guess what? You don't believe them. When you share truth with somebody and they don't get excited about it, they don't believe When they still got the old downcast and that mournful look, they're not believing. Look at Psalm 42, verse 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him who is the health of my countenance and my God. You know, if you're really in faith, you know what you're going to have a bright. You're going to brighten up at the Word of God. You're going to brighten up when you hear the truth preached. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're not gonna have a downcast, moping, oh, oh oh, woe is me expression on your face. No, you're gonna get it. You, you're gonna get excited over the word of God. And if you, even, no matter how sick you are, if you don't get a little excited when the word of God is read to you, then you're not believing the word, and you've probably lost your hope, and you're not dreaming about the future. You're not being optimistic. You're not seeing yourself as, you know, I don't know why I got this. I don't know why I'm here but bless God I'm coming out bless God I will see you will see me again in the land of the living hallelujah I'm, I, I'm I, I've got hope for the future I've got a hope I've got a future and a hope oh praise God hallelujah in other words you're gonna perk up you're gonna perk a little bit if you've got any hope at all and if you've got any faith in you at all you'll perk a little bit Psalm 62, 5 says, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. When you have hope in your heart, you're expecting something from God. And that's why, you know, people that they are sick and they don't come to church, they're not expecting anything. And they're not in faith. I mean, and you say, well, you know, but sometimes they're too sick to come to church. Well, how sick are you going to be before you stay home? You know, in they, they, some of Brother Hagin's meetings, people actually come on stretchers. Some Brother Or Roberts' meetings. I'm telling you, when you let somebody put you on a stretcher, and you'll let somebody, because you know, there's all sorts of humility to that. There's all sorts of humbling yourselves to be enrolled into church. An ambulance has to come, bring you in on a stretcher, lay you down somewhere. You know, people are looking at you. Do you have too much pride to be healed? Yeah. You don't. You just, you just understand. <laughs> he just understands. He doesn't know. He said, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can go on to the next thing. That's what he's saying. Hallelujah. He's not saying he has too much pride. Hallelujah. But we could have too much pride to be healed. Well, you know, I had a little spot burned on my face today at the dermatologist. I couldn't come to church. <laughs> That's what I think. We don't care about your little spot on your face. We're glad you got that ugly thing burned off. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But aren't we silly? How stupid can you get and still breathe? I mean, aren't we silly, aren't we, are we going to let, what are we going to let keep us from truth, keep us from Jesus? That's why the man that would let somebody, let him down through the roof of the house got healed. Bless God, when you, you know, it is very, when you're that sick, it's painful to be put on a stretcher and to be carried through, Joshua through the streets. And you know, they didn't put him on a morphine pump so he could get there pain free in those days you know and so joshua through the streets of the city and then to be joshua can you imagine how much you got joshua getting while four people climb up on the roof of a house carrying you up there tear the roof off of the house let you down i'm to no wonder jesus said thy faith and made thee whole he saw their faith and that person had to have hope they had to be believing something Amen. And we're just, you know, hallelujah. Aren't we tired of weak, mamby-pamby Christians? Oh, you know, you know, and a lot of times this is the truth, folks. Now, we don't want you coming in here and throwing up on the carpet. I used to tell the kids in Christian school, you know, we had to raise, they had to raise their flags to get up. I said, if you need to throw up, you don't have to raise your flag. You go straight to the restroom. Amen. Hallelujah. Because I didn't want them throwing up on God's carpet. So we don't want you throwing up on God's carpet. And he don't want you to either. But there are many times that we have symptoms that we don't feel any better laying out at home. And we could get healing manifested because healing comes not just because you're believing for healing but because you press in to get healed. And you press in and praise. You say, I mean, you praise because you you don't feel like praising. And you press in and praise and you praise in and you get, what do you call, fervent, you pray fervently. And you press in, and you press in with resistance. You are devil. You are not putting this on me. And it's just, how bad do you want it, folks? How, I mean, we're wanting God to just, just, uh, uh, yeah, and then we'll say, God wants to give you divine health. Oh, yes, amen, amen, amen. But you don't even press in when you just feel a little tired on Sunday morning. And so how are you ever going to walk in divine health and divine life? You're not. You will in the millennium. Hallelujah. We all will because we're going to have those glorified bodies. But we can have something here. We can have something here. Praise God. And I'm not saying all this to make you feel bad about yourself. But we need to strike ourselves. We need to stir ourselves up. You know? I mean, there's times my mind tells me, you really ought to stay home. There's times my mind says, boy, if you wasn't the preacher's wife. You know, but I don't, I'm going to say, yeah, but I'm going. Hallelujah. And I tell you, the longer you let that stuff stay on you, the harder it is to get off. No matter what it is. The quicker you get on it, spiritually, I mean, you lay around with it, baby it for three days. (laughs) I know oh, I've tried it both ways. I mean, I've been lazy when I didn't resist much and I thought, oh, I think I'll just go take a big nap. You know, I've done that and I've just gone took a nap and I've messed around with it for three days and I literally have had things sometimes when it took me six weeks to get over it completely. Why? Because I messed with it. I didn't, you know, I didn't jump on it with my faith. I didn't get in the Word. You know, I might have read one scripture, 1 Peter 2.24, and read, oh, praise God, by his stripes I am healed. Okay, let's watch TV. Y'all know what I mean. Because you've messed around with it too before. Hallelujah. And you know what? The world gets healed faster than we do sometimes. Because we're believing God, but we're messing. We're messing with it. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh... uh Praise God. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching real good. Hallelujah. Philippians one twenty. I don't know what it says or why I said go there, but it's bound to say something. I wrote it down. Whew. But, you know, there's people with just natural human will that are doing better sometimes than the church you know i know people that get up and go to work no matter what they have perfect attendance at work and they go practically half dead they just don't miss work they're doing they do better than the body of christ at at just saying bless god they're not even saying i'm healed they're just saying bless god i'm here (laughs) yeah i'm here i'm going i want my perfect attendance or whatever and they just have a strong will And they have probably a high tolerance to pain. Hallelujah. Philippians one twenty, It says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. So it's according to our earnest expectation. What are we expecting? What are we hoping Hallelujah. And you know what? You don't ever want to give up hope. No matter how bad it gets physically, no matter how bad it gets financially, don't quit hoping. Don't quit, don't quit expecting God to intervene. Family, the Bible says God's eyes are going to and fro and through the earth to looking for somebody to show himself strong to. So I'm telling you, it might as well be you. You, you, if you'll not quit hoping, if you'll just keep expecting God to do something, God to move, hallelujah. Keep, you know, if you can't say nothing else, if people say, how are you feeling? Well, just, if you can't say nothing else, say, I'm recovering. The hands were laid on me. The Bible says when hands are laid on, on you, you'll, you'll recover. and You can say, I'm recovering, and that's a good confession. Say, I'm getting better every day, even if it's a by-faith statement. I'm getting better every day. I'm getting stronger every day. Hallelujah, and then act on your faith. Begin to put some action to it. Hallelujah, praise God. Do what do what somebody that's healed does. Glory to God. Um, The third part of faith is this, and you know we got to have the first part. We got to believe and acknowledge that the word is true. We have to believe in healing or whatever it is we're believing for. Believe in prosperity. Praise God. Have to have a hope, have to have a dream and, a, and an optimistic attitude and an outlook for the, a good outlook for the future. And the third thing is about faith is, is faith is fully persuaded. Now, your faith is not complete. See, God works with complete faith. You can't have just one part of faith and it work for you. You've got to have all the parts together. God works with complete faith. Not because he's some dictator up in heaven and says, well, you know, you just hadn't quite suffered enough for me yet or or you just hadn't quite done enough yet. You hadn't acted long enough. That's not the thing. The whole thing is that God set the laws up before the foundation of the world. Before he even created man, he established the laws. The laws are he cannot break his own law. He is bound by his own laws of the universe that he created, and faith is one of the law. It's called a law of faith. It is one of the laws of the universe. We see that in the scripture where it's called the law of faith, and so you know sometimes we think, God, you're just demanding too much. I felt that that way before. God, I am doing all I can. I am confessing. I am rebuking. I am renouncing. I am, I am praying. I am uh, and and I am acting. God, you are demanding too much. Have you ever? felt that way don't say yes I'll just be the only one but anyway the truth is God is not God is just like oh I want to, I want to help them And, you know, we ought to cry out for God. You know, sometimes we're crying out for God to heal us when what we ought to be crying out for God, since he's already healed us, is, oh, God, perfect that which is lacking in my faith. Oh, God, give me the grace to know how to to walk this faith out. I'm not used to walking by faith. I don't exactly know how all this works. But, Jesus, you're the author and the developer of my faith. God, show me, show me how to walk by faith. Show me the thing that's missing. Oh, I'm telling you, God will get all over that. A lot of times we don't get our prayers answered because we're praying the wrong thing. I mean, we're just praying, oh, God, please heal me. Oh, God, you see my suffering. Oh, God, and you know, that's not going to get anywhere. First of all, he's already healed you. Secondly, he does see your suffering. You don't have to tell him about it. Amen. But when we start asking, Lord, you know, when we start saying, oh, God, strengthen me in my inner man. Now, that's something he can answer. Lord, strengthen me now, Lord. I, 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 don't let me faint, Lord. We just read a scripture how you'd not be ashamed. I've prayed that many times. Oh God, don't let me be ashamed. Don't let me. Don't let me be ashamed in my faith here. Don't let me have a faith failure and be ashamed. You know, and I've prayed that prayer. Uh, but so, so we, we. But God works with complete faith. And so when there's something missing, family, there's something missing, and if there's something missing tomorrow, you won't, any be closer, you won't be any closer tomorrow than you are today. And if there's something missing 10 years from now, you won't be any closer to being healed than you are right now until you get that part that is missing in your faith. And so every time there's a guest speaker, every service you come to, we're pulling on, well, you ought to be pulling on the Holy Ghost. If you have a need, if you have a financial need, you'll be in the same place financially you were last year if you don't get that thing that is missing in your faith. or it may be, And maybe it's not even in your faith, but it's just in, you're not knowing, you're more accurately knowing how to believe. More accurately knowing how to speak. More accurately knowing hallelujah. Because it just takes one anointed something coming out of your mouth, the right thing, for everything of the devil to just break off of you. He Once your faith is complete, he cannot hold you captive. Amen? And so we're just, we are literally seeking God night and day to, to uh, uh, this is the kind of people we are, for those renewed minds, for those, for those for that right way of thinking. God, if I'm thinking wrong, show me, show me where I'm thinking wrong. If I'm saying something wrong, so many are just saying something wrong. They're believing, they believe the word, and they know Jesus is the healer. But their mouth is defeating them. They're saying, I know God's going to heal me. Right there, you've disqualified yourself and tomorrow you won't be any closer. You won't be any closer than you are today because you're saying God's going to heal me. And you can tell them sometimes, you can tell them, no, 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 now look here, First Peter 24 says, by his stripes ye were healed. You're already healed. Yes, I know, I'm already healed. And I'm going to get my manifestation someday. Okay, you've done already disqualified yourself again, and here we are, we're at square one, you're not going to be any further tomorrow than you are. So see, there's things to clean up in our mouths, the way we say things. Because it's the law of faith. It's our, you know, and ignorance is no excuse of the law. You know, hallelujah, well, I didn't know I, was supposed to, I couldn't drive while I was intoxicated. Well, you're still going to jail. <laughs> Even if you didn't know it, you're going to jail. Well, you're not going to get out of jail if you don't know these truths from the Word of God. He, he gave them to us here. We were without excuse. But if we like Matlock better than we like the Word of God, we're going to remain ignorant, we're going to remain defeated because more freedom comes from more truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You're going to get more freedom when you know more truth. Amen? Hallelujah. So the third characteristic of faith is faith is fully persuaded. Faith knows. You know, if you don't know you're healed... You're not there yet. You're still missing a part. Now, what do you do? Give up? No. You keep putting the word in until you know. It took me several months of just going over the scriptures, going over the scriptures, going over the scriptures until I got to the point where I knew I was healed. I got to the point where it didn't, ma- I didn't, it didn't matter how I felt. I didn't care how I felt. I didn't, even, I didn't even care I had a symptom. I didn't care. I knew I was healed. I knew it. I knew it was done, but it took many, it took, I would go over this every morning I would get up, and I had the scriptures highlighted in my Bible, still do, and I would go through and I would read them, and I'd, even when we were on a trip, pastor can tell you, while he was driving, I would, I would open my Bible, and I would read healing scriptures to us, just putting them in my heart, putting them in my heart, until my heart became fully assured, fully persuaded. I was just, I was just, I was completely persuaded that I was healed. And, you know, when you're completely persuaded, you begin to have joy. You begin, you, you've quit worrying about it. You've quit thinking about it all the time. You're just going on about your daily life. You're going on, hallelujah, because you know you're healed. And, uh, uh, and so uh, when you get to that point, in James chapter, you know, uh, uh, Hebrews 10, 23 first. Woo! Hallelujah, are we in monsoon season or what? Hebrews 10:23. They told us about that when we were in Texas. We called some people out here because we were in Texas believing God for a house, and we didn't know where we was going to be living when we got to Alabama. And so we were calling some people out here about some things, and they said, oh, we can't do that then. That is monsoon season. We won't be, it'll be muddy. We won't be able to, we're like, we don't know. We didn't, had never experienced monsoon season. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hebrews ten twenty three. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. You've got to get your faith to the point where you're not wavering. That's good. Now you can waver in your head. Your head can have a thought. You know, your head can have a negative thought and you not be wavering in your heart. You know, because the devil can talk to your head. But I guarantee you, if you're entertaining that thought all day, you're wavering. If you're worrying about your body, you're wavering. If you're worrying and afraid you're going to die, you're wavering. What do you need to do? You just got to go to the Word. There's only one cure. There is only one cure for unbelief, and that's renewal of the mind, the Word. There's one only one cure for wavering the de- I, I, the, the pastor say the devil <laughs> the pastor can't cast it out of you hallelujah that was a slip of the tongue there hallelujah the pastor can't cast unbelief and wavering out of you if he could have I'd already had him cast it out of me back when I was believing for healing hallelujah glory to God glory to God thank you Jesus you know you're probably not as far away from your miracle as you think. You know, it's probably just a little something. You've got to make an adjustment in your mind. You know, the devil likes to tell you, oh, you, could, you know, it's going to take you six years in the Word. But you know, if it did, what difference does it make? You don't got anything else to do but get healed. Hallelujah. You know, I know we had a, uh, a lady in our church once, and she was, had cancer, and she was dying. She was, in, she was in bad shape. And so we said to her, uh, and we said, uh, well, well, she'd already been to healing school at Rhema one time several years before because this, this had, re- cancer had reoccurred. And so we said to her, we said, what? go to healing school again. And at that time, we didn't know a lot and, about healing, and, you know, and we knew that she needed to go somewhere where she could get intensive. And so we said, uh, go to healing school. And she said, no, she said, no, uh, I don't want to leave my daughter. And she had a little uh, 12-year-old daughter. She said, no, I don't want to be gone from her. I need to be with her. I don't want to leave her. But you know, because she wouldn't invest a week being away from her daughter, she's been away from her. She died, and she's been away from her, what now? About 10 or 12 years now. Hallelujah. And because she died, because she was praying for her family, she was a prayer and she had held that family together and because she died and nobody was praying anymore then her 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 son got drunk and uh coming home from Hobbs, new mexico he was i guess he had been drinking i assume he had and ran into a telephone pole and was killed And he was like he was collins age and that happened right after we moved to alabama where he was killed why because somebody died that could have prayed and would have kept i guarantee you her prayers would have kept him out of trouble i mean Kept him alive anyway. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so, uh, sometimes we say, you know, we don't have time to get in the Word, but we're fixing to have all the time in the world up in heaven strumming, a little, strumming our harp that we think we're going to strum when we get up there. We're going to have lots of time, and the world's going to go on without you. You know, you can put your life in salt to get your mind renewed. You might have to, you know, i tell you what, if living would be worth saying, kids, I'm sorry, but this year we ain't playing baseball. Mama needs to live and not die. That'd be worth it. Now, I know we. there was, our kids played baseball. We liked baseball. They played little dribblers. But I remember one summer, we just, we prayed about it, and we just said, no, it's not God. And so we just didn't play baseball that summer. You know they survived. You know they lived. You know you know what? They still turned out okay, and they played baseball the next year. And guess what? Eric played baseball next year and made the All-Stars. And, you know, we had a trip planned to go see Colin in Colorado. He made the All-Stars. And we just said, no, he's not going to play in the All-Stars. He's, he, he made All-Stars. Good. We're proud of you, Eric. But we're not, you know, some people are just ordering their lives around baseball. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God in all things. And then they go, I don't know why my kid didn't turn out cause you saw baseball first, honey. You got to be led by the spirit. And there's going to be times when it ain't going to be your kids' way. When they're not going to get every toy that they want. I know we had I know uh uh Colin had GI Joes when he was little and uh then they started getting uh weird on me. They started having powers, or what do you call that, uh, witchcraft, uh, like, well, help me, folks. Well, they started having demonic powers, you know, where they, these G.I. Joe guys, so we just had a, we just had a burning, we just got rid of G.I. Joe. I tell you what, he he made it. He made it, hallelujah, hallelujah. Not superpowers necessarily, but, you know, where they were seeing I don't know, help me, I can't remember what it's even called. <laughs> occult powers. They started having occult powers. There it was. Got the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. So faith knows. Yes. 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 And you've got to pay the price till you know. Because, you know, what I mean, sometimes we're just hoping God will overlook all uh, our unbelieving. But, you know, and I'm not saying he wouldn't like to. I'm not saying he don't love you so much that he, he'd, uh, you know, God can't wait till he gets us to heaven. Because in heaven, he can take care of everything. He can take care of everything up there. But down here, he's got to have our cooperation with the laws of faith. Amen. And it's not too hard. Let me tell you, folks, and I, I even, I, you know, I went over this. I, you know, there's been a whole bunch of people that's made this faith thing work before you. And if they can do it, you can do it. There's been a whole bunch of people before you that got in there until they got it. And, you know, there's, it's true. Depending on how you was raised, they, you may have more to dig up than they had to dig up. You know, you may have to dig up some things that you were believing that was wrong. But I tell you what, there's been people do it. There's been people that's gone before you and they believed And they got the job done with their faith. And we can do this. We can do this. And you know what? I'll tell you something else. They did it with less available to them than you have. I'm telling you, there's so many books written on faith. It's just like... We have to have a whole room just to store the tapes. pastor has so many tapes. We have a whole room dedicated to tape. And then we got a bunch at home. And then we regularly get rid of stuff. And until you get your... I heard Brother what uh, Pastor Webb say this. You know, there was a time until he got his mind renewed where he didn't listen to the radio. He quit watching TV. He didn't go to the movies until he got his mind renewed. See, a lot of times we're... We're diluting it with a lot of other stuff. You think that stuff's not affecting you, but it does affect you. Now, once you get a renewed mind, you may can let up a little. You might could turn on the radio every once in a while, maybe. Hallelujah. But once you get your mind renewed, you don't hardly want to listen to all that stuff. Isn't that right? But, you know, like, Pastor, now, I mean, I've renewed my mind to the point that if I turn on the Golioli's channel or something and listen to some old song, you know, Can't hurry love. The Supremes or something. It don't throw me into three days of unbelief to listen to one song, you know. But uh, if I'm feeding on that kind of stuff all the time, well, then, you know, I'm just not feeding on something else that could do me a world of good. Let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Well, now, sometime, Jesus tarries.